soccer. But you can find it on Amazon, um, which is the story of a potential magi who was supposed to connect with the others. Because in truth, we don't know if there were three or four or eight or twelve. I mean, no, we've always said three because of three gifts. But anyway, if you get a chance, order this little book. It's 99 cents. Um, <laughs> So, and it, it, and it is a very interesting story. So, anyway, I personally have thought about how their quest, their willingness to follow that star provides an inspiration for our spiritual life. Are we willing to follow? Are we willing to look for that star? We know the Savior, we know Jesus, we talk about him, we come here every week, but are we willing to continue seeking him, to seek him in deeper and more profound ways? Over the next few weeks, um, we'll be hearing these stories of Jesus that probably all of you could discuss on your own without any help from me, but they are revelations of who Jesus is. But my challenge for you and for me is can we find something new in those stories? Something that maybe we haven't really thought about before that could impact. Are we open, our hearts and minds open to going deeper into scripture, deeper into understanding of who Jesus is? And are we willing to keep following that star, to keep seeking, to go on the journey. So, we talked about this a little bit last week, but do we want to enter 2022 with new hope and new expectation, with new understandings, with new spiritual knowledge, or, and this could be the case, are we just happy where we are? doing what we do. Many scholars and theologians will tell you that we all have so much more to learn. That we cannot stay where we are with our understanding where it is right now. That we are challenged always to be deeper. That God is bigger and more wonderful than we can imagine. Let's go back and look at the second revelation of Jesus, which is the baptism, which we just read about. The words that God speaks over Jesus is, you are my son. With you I am what? Thank you. 
adopted as sons and daughters of God, which meant that we had all the rights and privileges of Jesus in the family. God speaks at our baptism that we are the beloved. We are the beloved. Each one of us. But it's often hard for us to understand that. And what does it mean to be the beloved? Well, it means we're treasured, we're redeemed, we're unique. There's no one quite like us. But do we really believe that in our heart? That that's who we are, the treasure. And sadly, our culture is quick to point out that we're really not so special after all. That, you know, we're okay, but you aren't quite good enough. Somebody else can do the job better, or all of these things happen in our lives that tell us just the opposite of what God is telling us. God is telling us that we are the special one, that we are the beloved, and that it's a challenge for us to remember it. Richard Rohr, is anybody familiar with him? He's a Catholic theologian. And I was reading something he wrote this week, and I've been thinking about it all week. <clears throat> and it said, his, his question is, or his statement is, it's not a question, your image of God creates who you are. What you think about God changes how you live. Now, I've been thinking about that a lot because, and I think our, our visions of who God is might vary widely, but often they're based on human counterparts. For example, my dad loved me. I was the only child. I know I was loved. But he was a perfectionist. It was his way and he expected you to do it right and perfectly and not make any mistakes and live up to his expectation. Unfortunately, as his daughter, I was not a perfectionist. And I seldom probably lived up to what I could have done. I mean, he had, a, he had the way he put the silver in the drawer and the knives. I mean, he had it all. He was a perfectionist. So I grew up when I thought about God, I thought about him being a perfectionist. If I didn't do it perfectly, God was going to punish me. Something was going to happen because my dad shaped my image of God. I have worked with women who have been abused in prayer times, and their image of God is shaped by what their father was like. Because we talk about God as a father. So their image of God is shaped that way. And they begin to question whether they really are loved, whether um, they are special, whether they're unique. Others of us have great dads who just thought we hung the moon. And so God is an easy concept for them. But many, many people struggle with who God 
God is. They find him distant. They are afraid of offending him. They aren't able to really be intimate with God because of their um, childhood or their struggle. And so, I don't know that's the case with any of you. It's probably not. But it gives us great compassion for people who don't understand that they truly are the beloved, that they have all of these gifts. It's not that they don't believe in God. It's just that God is a little bit scary. You don't know what's going to happen with them. So, how we experience God, how we understand God, often shapes the foundation of how we live our lives. In the 1960s, my best friend was Catholic. If you were Catholic, you were in church on Sunday morning. Because if you weren't in church on Sunday morning, you had to go and confess that sin. And she couldn't step into a non-Catholic church. She couldn't come to church with me. So how, how we have lived and experienced God often changes our understanding of ourselves and who we truly are. Um, are we judgmental? If God's judgmental with me, then that kind of gives me permission to be judgmental with other people, right? Um, you know, God's judgmental. Or if he demands perfection, maybe I just can't ever live up, so I'm not really going to walk into deeper relationship. Most of us, can probably identify times that we felt inadequate. Or we felt we've done something that was truly bad. And so it begins to affect how we feel. Maybe we are jealous of other people, or we are just kind of out of step. Maybe we've been in the church a long time. You know, very small percentage of the U.S. population are regular churchgoers, which means that only about 35 or 40 percent of the U.S. population knows that they're the beloved of God, that God rejoices in them, that he wants them to be there, he wants to draw them in, but they don't know that. So how we live when we interact with people like that is incredibly important because we have the opportunity to extend that grace and love and forgiveness to people who don't know it, who haven't experienced it. We can become, in 2022, as we open ourselves in even a new way to these scriptures, we can become more the people of God than ever before. And that's a real challenge. It's a challenge to us to continue to follow and seek. Yeah, you guys are regulars. You're here every Sunday. God bless you. You have to listen to me every Sunday. (laughs) But, you know, for all that and our faithfulness, there's still more. It's still deeper. God is still bigger and wider and more multidimensional than we have ever realized, and we're invited into that. So, 
2022, as we begin to do these stories that we've heard so many times, I'm going to challenge you to look for something deeper in them. And I'm going to challenge myself to look for something new and exciting that speaks to me. And as we read the scriptures and hear them, we need to open our hearts and our minds to experience that new thing. You know, and I'm going to tell you, it's okay to disagree with me. You know, I, I can stand up here and tell you something and you can sit up here and think, yeah, I thought she's wrong. That's okay. That's okay. You can disagree with me on things. I disagree with me on things. You know, someone once asked um, somebody that worked for a bishop if he agreed with everything the bishop said. And he looked at the person and he said, I don't even agree with everything I say. <laughs> so, you know, it's okay. It's okay. So I'm just, in, I'm just going to encourage us to have more open minds and hearts to really think about the journey the wise men made, following a star that held out to them the promise of hope, promise of the new king being born, promise of the future. And they gave up everything and journeyed from Persia all the way to find this baby. And they brought great gifts, expensive gifts, because they knew this baby was a great treasure and a worthy recipient of these gifts. So, again, we talked about this, I think, last week, because we encounter people, let's really listen to what they say rather than assuming we know what they're saying. And be present to them. And pray for them. But I am also going to encourage you and me, when we're praying, to speak less, even if it's Etsy, and listen more. What does God want to say to us? Because he speaks, but it's pretty hard to hear him when we're talking all the time. So... Pray, but as you pray, listen. One of the things that I think will be reinforced in your life is this sense that you are the beloved. You are the beloved. Each and every one of us. That we can all be the beloved. Everybody is just as special in God's eyes. So, there's no one up in shit. We don't have to outdo each other. We don't have to be better. We only have to accept and live and be faithful and be willing to learn more, to follow the star, and to let Jesus change us. Amen.